Welcome, and thank you for pressing play. I'm Crystal Bergfield, and this is Back to School with Crystal Bergfield. Throughout history, great teachers have stepped forward to help show us the way to coexist in society. They have urged us to consider our role in community. Just like those teachers, I am offering up my knowledge and experience to contribute to a just, responsible, and innovative United States. Through storytelling, interviews, and in-depth discussions, I will dive into the issues that plague our society and highlight new ideas that could contribute to a healthy nation. This podcast is part of a larger curriculum to educate Americans about our society. Find your seat, take a breath, and prepare to expand your mind, your heart, and your reality. Hello, friends. Welcome to today's episode. All we do is work. Or, all we do is work, 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 work. (laughs) Thanks, Rihanna, for the playback. (laughs) This is week three of focusing on jobs and wages, which means we are discussing how we stack up. What's going on in the world around us and how do we measure up? Today, we get a ton of national news, mostly divisive and negative or political, but nonetheless, it's ours. Does anyone out there see international news? Does anyone know how the whales are doing? Or does anybody know how much Europeans are making or working? Is everyone around the world receiving the same kind of news? What does the rest of the world see when it comes to American news? I've traveled a lot in my life, and once I spent some time in Spain. A few months, I think. Anyway, I was living among them, and I had to adjust to their schedule very quickly. I was taking care of three American children while I was living there, so actually we all had to adjust. And the first day, they introduced siesta to me. I was in heaven. Everyone takes a siesta. And while you're taking care of three kids, having a break in the middle of the day to rest, it's heaven, I'm telling you. Anyway, a siesta is a nap in the middle of the day. In this community that I was staying in, the children still come home from school and adults come home from work to take a few hours break, and then they head back to work. It's how they live where I was visiting in Cantito. How and why? I'm sure they are following some tradition, but it seems to be a tradition that works well for them. They still value that break in the middle of the day to rest. I share that story to illustrate the differences in how we live across the world. Here in the United States, we barely take a break from our work. Not in the day, not in the week, not in the year. For those of you who have never had vacation, that's what I'm talking about. A vacation is a thing where you stop working for a spell and check out. Maybe you check in with your family or run off to an island, but regardless, it's a chance to check out. And I did some research for the video portion this week. I found that even though many people have vacation time, around 50% of Americans didn't even take all of our vacation. And we have very little compared to other nations. Check out my Patreon page to watch the video. For this podcast, I want to focus on the type of work we're doing, the work environment, and how many hours we are putting in. Now, let's be clear. It's really hard to compare this data across the world because we are all living in different cultures and we value things differently. In fact, our type of government, the systems we support, they are reflective of what we value as a nation. The fact that we have elected old white males as our president over time says something about our values, for better and worse. 
The fact that we do not hold accountable our election process as a collective shows our values or lack thereof. I really want you to understand this. What we value is reflected in our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And until we decide that we no longer need, want, or value something, anything, we will continue to take the same actions and never see change. This is the purpose of my podcast, to help us shift our values towards humanity once again. And no excuses that it's just how it is. That's a cop-out for those who have already accepted defeat. And I don't want to hear your negative bullshit. Our insanity is what feeds the system. Let's get into the type of work we do here in the U.S. When I looked at the jobs that Americans are doing the most, the top 10 were nearly all service, labor, or retail jobs. Nurses were the only ones that made it onto the list that made over $35,000 a year as an average. We do a lot of retail work in our country. Salespeople, cashiers, food prep and service, office clerks, waitresses, laborers, customer service, janitors, and secretaries. Those folks topped the list for the, um, the most work that we are doing. And as of July 2016, 102.6 million people worked in private service providing industries, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. As a side note, most of these jobs I just listed are all significantly below the U.S. median income. With so much of this work being done, we have to ask, how is nobody fighting for better wages for these people? Are our struggles and the striking being pitched by media as a negative snowflake thing to do? Even the teacher strikes. Those seem to get a little attention, but as soon as they're off camera or the ones striking get what they need, we stop thinking about it. The fact that teachers are stopping what they love most, teaching, to go and demand better should tell us that the whole system needs addressed. But that would mean holding greater forces responsible. And let's be honest, it's super hard to dive into that black hole and hope to come out with results and sanity. And as a quick pitch, I am willing to go into that black hole. Will you hold my lead? Imagine it like a team of us going spelunking. We can all loop in so that no one gets pulled in and cannot find their way back out. Will you hold my rope so that I can find my way back out? Anyway, we do a lot of work that feeds our artificial needs and the needs of the wealthy industries. Small companies peddling their goods on their own are not the problem. However, when we don't realize that we are expecting more and more workers to fill these minimum wage jobs, it becomes a trap for all of us. We feel good because unemployment is down and everyone can have a job without a college education, but we are also feeding into our incessant need to consume. As long as we are willing to consume everything that's being offered, there will always be a market. That is, until we can no longer afford the market. And honestly, I'm hopeful because that's really where we are. Those of us working our tails off to hold the retail industry up are outnumbering those who can actually afford the retail industry. We have maxed out credit cards, and some still max out credit cards, to achieve this idea of success and what success looks like. All the while, we have lost what success is. We can't afford the lifestyle that we are selling any longer, financially or mentally. In many countries around the world, the retail, the things bought and owned, aren't as important. Some countries value celebration and culture. We are a reflection of what our country values. 
and we can also decide what we value collectively. With so many people finding a way to live their passion, we are telling the nation, we're telling the world what we value. I personally value service to others and common sense supportive of the people government. Those are my values. I also value a lot of other things, which are reflected in who I surround myself with and where I spend my money. I guess I'm wondering, do you all know that we are doing this? Or are we just on autopilot and not sure how we got here? Do we understand that where we spend our money is a reflection of what we value? Just some food for thought for you today. <laughs> so let's talk about our work environment. My American friends and I discussed this last week, but I'll come back around to it. We talked about asking for what we are worth and understanding that our monetary value is something we can fight for and defend. How we are treated at work then pours over into our personal lives. More than one half of Americans report exposure to unpleasant and potentially hazardous working conditions. That's almost half of us. And nearly one in five American workers, that's about 20%, are exposed to a hostile or threatening social environment at work. Does that stay at work? Hell no. We go home and we drink our frustrations away. We pop a Valium to relax and feel better. We overeat. We take on unhealthy habits because they help us forget. And then we get up the next day and we do it all over again. Why? 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 <laughs> well, we've got bills to pay, damn it. In one survey I found, only 38% of workers stated that their job offers good prospect for advancement. That's less than 4 out of 10 people feeling like they will ever get ahead. That sounds like a loss of hope if I've ever heard one. Now I want to acknowledge that our worth is not totally tied into our jobs. But shouldn't our jobs be a reflection of the person that we are? Shouldn't we be able to be happy at work? I'm someone who has always found value and enjoyment in the work I've done. I've cleaned houses, I've dug holes, milked goats, sat in business meetings, and created programs. Throughout it all, I've found enjoyment in my job. But I'll tell you what, I've also walked away from some toxic jobs. Not many, but a few. I say this to share that we can bring our passions to jobs and also acknowledge that some places are just toxic. Okay, I'd like to switch gears here. Let's talk about how much work is being done across the world. The U.S. ranks 17 out of 38 countries in terms of average hours worked each year, while Mexico, where labor laws cap the work week at 48 hours, ranks number one. Workers in Costa Rica and South Korea also work the second and third longest hours, respectively. So we aren't doing most work. Our human evolution has been a popcorning off of one another. It was Britain that enacted the first child labor laws in the 1800s, and then other European countries got on board. The United States didn't hop on board until 1938. We had mentors in this space. We learned from them. In South Korea, ranking third in the most hours worked, their longer working hours have been part of a drive to boost economic growth. But following concerns about social problems, including a low birth rate and slowing productivity, President Moon Jae-in has led a push to reduce the country's working hours and give workers, listen to this, the right to rest. Now, is that a message or what? 
And it was leadership that had to value the people. We need our leadership to value our work and contributions, which we could totally get into a discussion about what contributions are valued, but we don't have time for that. It's interesting. Despite enjoying the shortest working hours among the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development members, Germany manages to maintain high productivity levels. In fact, the average German worker is reported to be 27% more productive than his or her British counterpart while checking in with the least amount of hours worked. The Dutch, French, and Danes also work fewer than 1,500 hours per year on average. Just 2% of Danish employees, of whom enjoy the best work-life balance in the world, put in long hours. So that's 2% of Danish employees who put in longer hours than their average of 1,500 hours per year. This compared to the average of 13% throughout the rest of that Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. So there's got to be some connection in productivity and taking rest. That's what we're seeing across the world. Now, are we trying to be like other countries? Not necessarily. But again, I will talk about history. The only reason many of us are American is because we were born here. What if you were born in India? What if you were born in Australia? You would be living a completely different life, that's what. But the total of humanity has learned so many lessons from all of us. The fact that Britain decided to be the first to protect children from excessive labor, and it was excessive. Children were working 70 hours a week in the heydays of child labor. The fact that we could learn from another country helped us to evolve as Americans and begin valuing our children as what they really are, our future. Our seeds that we plant and hope will bring a harvest of our values, our intentions, and the best of what we give them. That's what children are. Let me wrap up here. Reflect on your work-life balance today. Are you productive at work? Does it make sense to you? While you may not be a company CEO, you are an expert on what is right for you. We've been sold this idea that we should all feel and act the same way. But from an expert at knowing what is best for myself, I can tell you that if you listen to your body and mind, if you take a step back and observe, you will hear loud and clear what you really feel and think about your work. How do you feel when you wake up in the morning? Do you get excited or do you dread work? Do you come home at the end of the day and self-medicate? I'm not saying that you need to leave your job, but it's important to understand how you feel so that you can make better decisions in the future. And knowing that things don't feel right, maybe you should start noticing your coworkers or ask them how they feel at work. Maybe you should start to find a union or another workers' rights organization that can help you make sense of what you're feeling. Maybe therapy would help you make sense of things. Whatever you need, consider it. And if you are in a place to help make a difference for others, if you are a leader, start being that leader who checks in on employees. Happy people are productive people. And yes, we have to find happiness on our own and independent of our jobs, but a toxic work environment doesn't help anyone and it cuts down on productivity a ton. I'd love to hear from you. Share your thoughts. Share your organizations that have helped you or that are serving in your community. Let's come together and elevate one another. But first, elevate thyself. 
Shine on, folks. This has been Back to School with Crystal Birdfield. Thank you for taking the time to invest in yourself, your community, and our nation. Head over to Patreon to join in the other learning already live. And check in on my website to donate to the cause. I'm doing the work, and I can do more with your help. Let's rise on up.